Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much again for joining me this week. My motivational quote for today is by Martin Luther King Jr., and it says, The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Have you ever had a new or entry-level employee that when they just walked into the room, there was an energy shift? This employee has no title or authority, yet as you observe them speaking and interacting with the rest of your team, you can sense that they command respect. They have a presence, and you know they can be counted on. This is, happens to be a rare experience, but when it does happen, it's palpable. palpable. You see and feel the importance of this person and how they are just a natural-born leader. This natural vibration and air of authority is something I think we all aspire to have. But what if you don't exude confidence? Is this a trait that, um, or skill that can be learned, or is it really left to just a few that are born, born with it naturally? Today, my guest, Susan Asher, President and CEO of the Asher Group, is going to discuss the key things that we must ask ourselves if we are to be successful leaders in the rapidly changing landscape in, the, uh, in this Internet market that we live in. So, Susan, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. I really am excited about our discussion today. Thank you, Connie, for having me. It was great meeting you, and here we are from that, that little meeting that we had. So, fabulous. You know, I talk a lot about connections and networking on the show, and I know that you are a big advocate of networking as well. And that's where uh, Susan and I met. We were at a networking event, and we happened to be at the same table, and the rest is history, and now we're on the show together. So, um, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool how it always comes together, right? You know, it's funny. People call it networking. I call it showing up. You know, Woody yeah. Allen, what was his quote? Showing up is 90%. Uh, if you don't show up, you can't meet people, you can't get new clients, you, you just, you, you're not going to push yourself forward. So showing up is, is really the key thing. But again, thanks for having me, Connie. Yeah, yeah, well said. So let's jump in. I want you to share, and I'm not, I want you to share the title of your first book. Go ahead, share with everybody because it's just the coolest. Okay, so it's, dude, seriously, it's not all about you, exclamation <laughs> point. So how did you, first of all, well, how did you come up with the title? I think more than anything, it's such an intriguing title and fun, fun title. Well, I came up with it. First of all, you know, I have a millennial uh, daughter and uh, who actually went to school at Boulder in Colorado. And so, you know, the big word of her generation was, dude, dude, dude. I mean, and, you know, <laughs> one time she called me that and I said, you know what, Sam? I'm not a dude, okay, but I loved it because it was so modern, and it was, you know, it, it's the it's the hipster talk of their generation, if you will. Sure. So, sure. so that and that paired with the idea that what I was seeing in the world was really what comes down to Connie, uh, really a, a lack of respect for our fellow mankind. And I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, standing on a pulpit preaching because I'm not. But it's just amazing when you treat people not only the way you wish to be treated, but the way they wish to be treated, how, how differently 
how differently you are perceived in the world. And putting other people first and being able to charm them, okay, I call it charming and disarming people because you know as well as I do, very few smiles in the world anymore, very few people saying hello in the elevator or passing by you on the street. And I feel it's a very powerful thing to make those connections with people. And I know that, you know, there are a lot of sketchy people in the world, but there are also a lot of really good people. And if we can just take the time to sort of make those, wherever those are, those connections. But, again, it's not all about you. It's not all about whether you're first in line or I think you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. They never put anyone, and it's amazing when you put others before yourself, what you reap in terms of rewards personally and obviously for those of your listening audience as a business person. And I was with a client, I'll tell you, and by the way, this is a book really about, I hate the word manners because it's really kind of archaic at this point, but it is about protocol. It is about uh, just certain niceties in life and how, how, we, how we are able to use those niceties. You know, I, I hear people, you know, be coaching a team, and I'll even hear in the room someone say, to their assistant, get me that, that book that we were talking uh, about. Isn't it awful? And it's like, how about the word please? I mean, it takes one second to say please. So so this book was an outgrowth of everything I saw as I was working with some of these people in these teams and the things that, the tiny, tiny things that make such an exponential difference in how a team and a company and organization can operate and how they can raise the bar just by treating people well. So I, at that time, I mean, every, I mean, Kanye West made it into the book when he mistreated Taylor Swift and said that Beyonce should have gotten the award back in the day. You know, uh, Anthony Weiner made it into the book. So I have all kinds of funny examples of people who have demonstrated bad behavior and turned that around in the book to say, hey, learn from these people and be a better you and you're going to be a better person, have a better family, have a better business, et cetera, et cetera. So have a better really, reputation, right? It's, a better it's reputation. Pure, and it's yeah. really my, it's my mockery. It's my spoof on, on people and their bad behavior. And if we can take a look at that and make some little changes in ourselves, again, how we can really reap the re- rewards both personally and professionally. Yeah, it's funny. Yesterday we had uh, my uncle had his 90th birthday. It was awesome. Uncle Frank, very cool man. Anyway, we had this beautiful party and my cousin lives in a townhouse complex. And you know how the uh, spaces are numbered for the housing and then there's blank ones for guest parking, etc. So there were so many of us, I think it was like 60, 60 people, all family, by the way. People who know me, they're like, of course, because I have a ginormous family. Anyway, we, we went and we pulled in, and my cousin had told us all in the invitation, you know, pull where there's non-numbers. So we're very cognizant of that. People live here. So we pull into one of the little cul-de-sacs. Woman is standing at the door, hands on her hips, as her um, husband must have been taking water or unloading groceries from the uh, back of the car. And, I mean, the stink eye, you had to see her staring at us. And all of a sudden, points his finger, hands on the hips, starts screaming at us. You know, this is residential, and you shouldn't be parking there. So I calmly responded, 
yes, but we were told as long as they were non-numbered, we, you know, it was available for us to, to park. And she goes, well, this is residential, and this is where we live. And so I looked at her, very my boys, and I have, Susan, I have two boys, 18 and 15, and they're standing there, their jaws dra- dropped as this woman <laughs> screaming at us on the street, screaming at us. And so I calmly turned to her and I said, would you like us to move so your husband could pull in the spot and we could find another spot? Stopped her in her tracks, just as calmly right. as I'm saying it to you. Stopped her in her tracks. She went, oh, yeah, oh, I, if, yeah, if you could. And I said, sure, all you had to do was ask. We would have happily done it. Oh, right. oh, thanks, thanks. I disarmed her, and she said, you know, I, I know you didn't mean any harm, but, you know, it's, and I said, I understand. No more needs to be said. We'll happily move. I said, you have a great day. And I said, did your husband need help with the groceries? She said, oh, no, no, thank you. We get in yeah. the car. My kids were like, she was mean. I'm glad we don't live near her. <laughs> and I said, you know what? She she was clearly angered because we took her spot or in her mind her her spot i said but is it worth me going to battle with her or dad going to battle with her so you politely say we'll happily move and you see how it disarmed her so i did it because really i agree with you treat people as you want to be treated right she certainly didn't need to yell but i also wanted my kids to realize there's more than one way to handle a situation when you have a volatile woman like this or a volatile person well, I, I work right. It, you know what I'm saying? It's it's yeah. crazy. I also think though the the lesson uh, to be learned for any for from from this is also it's always in the presentation. I mean, you can say totally. almost anything to anyone if you but if you're not if you're not screaming at them. I mean, and you take this now from the parking lot, and you know there are people that speak to their employees this way or their coworkers. Yes. So. This is because everybody's so stressed out, you know, and everybody's so busy and we have so many commitments and things and, you know, the economy and all these things are totally. affecting people, but they're affecting all of us. And the thing is, you get, oh, God, you know, it's all the old-fashioned sayings. What can I say that, that you know, a lot of people of, of my daughter's generation might not and your sons might not understand, but, you know, you always get a lot more with honey and being sweet than you do with vinegar and being mean. So well said. people don't realize that you can have almost anything you want. I mean, even when you complain something happens at an airline or at a restaurant or whatever, you know, if you're going to give, you know, I, I sometimes will actually say to, to a customer service person, by the way, before I start on my rant, which I'm going to because it's like the fourth time I've called this company, this is not directed, <laughs> this is not directed at you is what I say. So they right away don't take anything I say personally. So however we wish to... To, to treat people, but we want to treat them the way we would want to be treated in a situation. And so that woman, I'm sure if the roles were reversed, she wouldn't have liked it if you had yelled at her. So, but again, this is the way we have taken to two ways of communicating in, in the world today, um, you know, without politeness or, you know, the constant back and forth of texting and emailing with very little emotion or personality in there. So it's true something to be looked at, you know, something yeah. to be looked at for sure. Yeah, and, and I think that if we just change that little piece of vibration where, like I said, you, with honey, I, I agree. You know, you treat people with respect and, and give them a little kindness. And, and the other thing I try when I train my classes or even with my kids, whoever, you know, I, I say when customers are mad at you and they come in yelling, you don't know what just happened at their house. Did they right, just get exactly. laid off? Did they run all over their cat in the driveway? You don't know. So right. 
show compassion because something clearly set them off. It wasn't you. You didn't do anything. So why go, right. why go at them in a compatible way? It, it doesn't make any sense. Now, my Absolutely. next question, I just want to share with everybody. So, by the way, I, I read both of these books, and they are awesome. So, Dude Seriously, It's Not All About You. Love the title. And humor, I think, is a nice way for us to learn how not to behave. And when you read the book, you think, oh, my God, that's such bad behavior. And <laughs> it'll teach you, to, but it teaches you to look and go, oh, I talked to my husband that way. Or, oh, I talked to my employee that way the other day. So read it, quick read, and definitely a fun read. Now, you also, before we take a break, you wrote a second book. And, again, I'll let you do the title because it's just so much fun. All right, so it's a dude, seriously, get your ask in gear. Exclamation yes, ask point. people, A-S-K. A-S-K, <laughs> get your ask in gear, but we know what I really mean, right? Um, so, and that book was written, and I have to tell you that, you know, for many, many years before I sold it, I ran a contract staffing firm, meaning we placed temporaries, but they were more executive temps than, than they were, let's say, warehouse or administrative temps. So, but... What happened there is a lot of these folks in the in the late 80s and early 90s, and I started the business in the early 90s, uh, what happened there is that they lost their jobs. And a lot of them lost their jobs because they were no longer relevant. And what I mean by that is we really entered the digital age, the Internet age, mm. you know, at the forefront of the 90s. So a lot of people would say, well, I lost my job. I don't know. At that time, it was Lotus 1, 2, 3 or whatever we were using. And the smart ones would go back and become educated, and the ones that didn't were sort of left in the dust. But we see this continual downsizing and shift in the economy. And so, so plus, plus, we're not retiring. People say to me, well, when are you going to retire? I say, retire from what? Life? Exactly. Because, yeah. you, know, when you, you know, 50 years ago when you retired at 60 or 65, you had a good five to eight years left, so you played golf every day. Now – the longevity that we're going to experience can take us well into our 80s, 90s, and, you know, even as a, as a uh, being 100 years old. So people have to really understand, do you want to be, I mean, it is that we turn older, and it is that we get a little older, obviously, but we want to stay relevant. That doesn't mean dressing like a teenager when you're 65, but what it does mean is keeping up with technology, maybe not to the extent that your children do, but at least to the extent that you are staying modern in, in the world that we're in. So this book has chapters, and again, these three, four-page chapters, so people can have a very quick read, but on staying relevant, reverse mentorship. I mean, Jack Welch started a reverse mentorship program at GE in 1994. Nobody, Even today, people don't know what it is, where he took his top 500 executives and said, go forth and find yourself a 20-something and have them introduce you to what's going to become the Internet age because computers are not going away. Soon we're going to have one on every desk, and we know yep. the rest is history there. So Brilliant, staying, brilliant. You know, having, you know, some of us right now, Connie, we're very lucky. We have children that they're our mentors, but, you know, at some point the children go on, have their families, and do whatever. It's very easy to be relevant in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, and maybe into your 50s, but we have to work a little harder at it as you get older. But the point is, do you want to be left in the dust? Do you want to be one of those old people who's not aware of any of the, I don't expect you to know the top 10, you know, pop tunes, but, you know, we have to we have to figure that, that out for ourselves. And, you know, I go on and on through analysis, paralysis, and no is the new yes. And a lot of these chapters really talk about the kinds of things, especially in this 
this highly charged, quickly moving world that we're in, what do we have to say no to? You know, how, you know, we can't overthink something over and over and over again, and then it just doesn't get done. And you know, uh, you know, because you work with people like that as I do, you know, it's the biggest thing that people have to overcome. They think things to death instead of building the airplane while they're flying it. Yeah. So. Um, so that's what that book is. And I call that my leadership book because I don't know too many people who have the time. And I think Jim Collins is a great coach, wrote, you know, many books from good to great. And the whole, he was a guy with, you know, getting people on the bus and blah, blah, blah. But my point is most of us would rather get on a plane and have two hours to read, finish a book and have learned something. So this book is my modern view on leadership in the new millennium for every woman, including parents, not just business people. It's for everybody. Absolutely. And again, and I love that you included that there, the chapters are quick little bits. So even if you have two minutes while you're waiting on, on hold for a conference to begin or something, um, you can read a chapter that quickly. So it's, it's a brilliant book. Again, the humor is helpful. And I think for young kids starting out, but I, Susan, I even think for us, um, you know, middle-aged folks who are seasoned, and I like that word seasoned, we're seasoned in what we do. You can absolutely learn from that. So let's take one quick break, um, and then when we come back, let's talk specifically about, you know, what does what does great leadership look like and feel like so that we can, the books are great tools to help define that, but let's talk about that on the show, and, and that I think will entice people to, really be inclined to pick up that book and and use it as a tool of yet even more than what we're talking about today. Okay, so quick break and then we'll come back. Okay, great. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Okay, we are back, and we are with Susan Asher, and we are talking about her two books. First one, Dude, Seriously, It's Not All About You, and her second book is Dude, Seriously, Get Your Ask, A-S-K, in gear, <laughs> a PG, PG show, you know, what could I say? Uh, yeah. So those two books are really quick reads um, and fun, just really good humor in it. So let's discuss what is the definition or what do you think great leadership is or should be? Well, first, I have to be funny, which I love to be. That's another thing. You know, people talk about executive presence, and I have seven tenants under that rubric. But one of them is, you know, lightening up and the ability to find humor in the world that we're in today. Because you know as well as I do, Connie, people take themselves way, way too seriously. Holy smokes. Oh, please. You know, really, I mean, we must all be inventing, you know, a cure for something or the next, (laughs) you know, misery or whatever. But, yeah, so so people take themselves way too seriously sometimes. But so 
I was sitting there one day having, you know, friends, and we were eating Chinese food, and it comes time for the fortune cookie, and out comes this statement, which is, a great leader will take you places where you will not go yourself. So sometimes I'll actually open a presentation with that, and I'll say to people, here's this great quote, and I'll say it, and, and they're all like, wow, and I go, yeah, it's from a Chinese fortune cookie, but... Really, that's that's what a great leader does. A great leader not only has, and I don't want to use all those canned, jargonic kind of terms, but a great leader does have the vision. But more importantly, I can't ask you to take a look into the abyss or, or take that risk if I'm not willing to take it myself. I can't ask you to treat our customers well if I'm not treating you well. So, you know, leadership is is really being able to engage in all these words and we use them, but, but people don't do them. They talk about it. They they look at charts and graphs and PowerPoints on leadership. Leadership is behaving in such a way that people want to follow you. Leadership is building fans and friends and a tribe of people that want to follow you because what you're doing not only makes sense, but because you're engaged in what you're doing, you're passionate. And, you know, I recently read a book, and, I, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not here to tout other people's books, but it's a book called The Power by Rhonda Byrne. And she really talks about, and I, and I think you'll see this, I see it with you certainly when I met you, when you love everything around you, when you can find the good, the happiness, the gratitude, all those things that sort of spiritual people talk about. And, and, but when you live that and you look at a guy, my favorite iconic, leader is Jack Welch, okay? This man, this man was in the trenches. He showed up. He never worked. When he was running $2 billion worth of businesses before he became the CEO, he was working out of the Hilton in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, okay? But he was, he would sit, he'd come into your office, con to what's going on. Tell me, what are you facing today? But he's also telling us, he's telling us that fully 65% of our employees today are not engaged in what they're doing. How how crazy is that? You and know, it's not, funny. It, Go ahead. It, I just I just want to comment on that because you know we were just on vacation last week and then yesterday we had these two parties to go to and then you know Monday morning comes. And, you know, my husband and I kind of looked at each other and he said, oh, like vacation's over. We all hate at the end of vacation. And you know what my comment was? It's funny that you just say that, that positive thinking, that exuberance for life. And I looked at him and I said, at least we have careers and, and people that we work with that we love what we do. And I, and I said exactly what you just said. I said, Think about how many people hate going to their job every day and think how painful the end of their vacation has to be when they yeah. know they have to go back to something that they dread. And he, my yeah. husband looked at me and he said, you're right. And I said, and you know what? We love what we do, right? We're making a good living, knock on wood a million times so that we can take vacation and have these great weeks. So you got to work hard to play hard. But we exactly. love what we do and how many people don't. And I think if anyone's listening and you feel that way, 
you got to find your passion because you, you said it before, we're living longer. And if you're 45 and you hate what you do and, you know, you have another, let's say, 20 years to work, I think that's a freaking long amount of time to hate right. something that you're doing. Life is too short um, to do that. So I love that you said that because um, 55%, that's a staggering percentage um, don't people, like what they're, they're but, doing. but let's say they may like their job or, yeah, I mean, it's hard to think that they would like their job or their superior if they weren't engaged, but, but that's right. Two right. thirds, two, which is why, you know, sophisticated companies are hiring people like you and me to coach them because they realize that there's something, there's a missing link there. But, but going back to this thing, the, this power that we're talking about, when you do love, when you want, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, coaching people on, on how to network. You know, I do a lot of work with uh, professional services companies and never up until the last 10 years, you know, the partner in charge was hand the work down and that was it. And they became a partner, but now everybody has to be a rainmaker. So, you know, it's the, one of the folks that I was working with said to me, well, I went to this thing and I met this insurance agent and, uh, you know, it was funny. We went to lunch and I realized I could refer him some new business. And she said, but I did it before he referred me any. And I said, well, isn't that fabulous? So and she couldn't, she couldn't grasp the concept that, you know, you have to sometimes or most of the time give before you get. It's not Absolutely. take before you receive, it's give before you get. And I think that, again, not just business, not just networking, but in life, when you are a giver, you know, Zig Ziglar, you know him, the greatest coach on the planet ever. You know, if you give people or if you can help people get what they want, you're going to be the most successful person out there because it all comes back to you. And, and, uh, and, and, and 100% more. You, you get so much more than you give. But then, but I'm asking you, Connie, so why is this such a hard concept for, quote, leadership in America? It's the same concept. It's leaders are not, it's not just that you're an executive vice president or a C-level person or whatever, you have the title. It's because, like I said earlier, you have that fan base. You ha- your employees love you. You love them. And you're doing great things. And if people make mistakes, it's okay. Because, I, I mean, Jack Welch, again, I mean, that to his tribute, he took risks. He let his people t- take risks, but they would never take a risk so great that the company would go under. You know, of they course. might fail with something. But how can you how can you go forward and learn if you're not taking risks and occasionally having a, a, a failure? And as you know, it's you know you said it in the beginning with your quote, which is basically that you know, in my view, that a a champion is not just somebody who wins every title or wins every game. A champion is the person that can figure out when you've had six losses, how do we get back on the bus and make that happen so that we turn it around? That's what a champion and learn. is. And learn. And the champion learns and the leaders learn. I, I think right. that's really part of it, too, that we're not always going to have 100% you know, success, but what did we learn from that that makes maybe the ultimate success even more powerful because of that little glitch or that little sidestep or misstep could actually mm-hmm. propel you further on. It, it's, you know, it's funny you said before why it's such a simple concept to give and to engage, right, and to be passionate and to have your people be loyal, right, and follow you because you're logical and your 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 decisions seem sound, et cetera, all those things, and you're charismatic and all of that. I think that it's an easy concept and we don't execute well because I think people take themselves too seriously 
and they yeah. think they're too they're too important. And I know when I start my class, I tell people, "Hey, listen, I'm cool. You want to leave your cell phones out? I'm cool with that. I know we have kids. You're not in your office where you have the landline. Um, you know who's taking care of elderly parents? You know that's that's our our, our lifeline to our families that perhaps need us in a, in a situation." But when I start seeing them texting under the table, I quietly walk over and I stand there and I say, I'll wait till you're done because I need you to listen to me. And then they look and they get flustered and I say, have I, and then I tell them, have I looked at my cell phone once today? And they go, well, no. And I go, is, is my cell phone on? No. And I go, you know why? I'm not that important. You're important. <laughs> you deserve all of me today. And I think I deserve all of you. So uh-huh. shut your cell phone off. We're not waiting for uh, body parts in, in ice packs because we're surgeons. You know, we have to be on call 24-7. We're not um, that important. But that's uh, what listen, I think it is. You know, and then we know that Patty LaPone went into the audience and took the cell phone out of one of the uh, the people in the audience's hands because the person was, you know, texting, and, and the, the bright light, she could see the light from the stage. She just went down into the audience, took the phone, and went back <laughs> up and finished the play. I love it. I love it. That was last week. It was all over the paper, yeah. So, um, But, again, that goes back to, dude, seriously, it's not all about you, okay? It's not about you all the time. Exactly. That's why I'm giggling. I said, look, we're almost at the end of the show. And I'm giggling saying that was such a brilliant comment about it's such an easy concept leadership, and yet we don't execute because it's, hey, by the way, dude, it's not all about you. So I I had to bring that full circle. I just, before we go, we have about two minutes. Any tips? Um, again, you're very seasoned. You know, you're a businesswoman, an author. Um, you, you have a great passion for life. What are tips to those that are listening um, that they can maybe implement immediately after listening to the show to become more effective leaders with people that they're, um, you know, managing, et cetera? Well, I mean, the simplest of things I would say, and I'm going to say this, is thank your people. Give them, mm-hmm. There are not enough attaboys on the planet today, take a moment and say thank you for doing that, even if it's the tiniest thing. You know, use those words, please, thank you. And even I'm sorry if something, I'm not talking about saying I'm sorry in every sentence, but if something went wrong or awry, um, let your people know that they are really important and treat your people the way you treat your customers because that is going to go back to your customer. When those people feel important and loved by you, then that's that's the way we want our customers to feel, our clients to feel. That's going to 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 show. I also think, and again, so I'm a, I have a lot of different tips, but my another big tip, Connie, is please read, read, read. You have to yes. read to lead. Peggy Noonan, uh, she was a speaker at a conference where I was a, a speaker as well. She was a keynote. I love her. She was a uh, she's on, you know, these morning Sunday shows, a very articulate woman. She was a speechwriter for Ronald Reagan. And, you know, she talked about reading to lead. And she said, every time we read something, it's an investment in our bank of knowledge. Then when we go out to the universe and we speak to people or we make connections with people, we are able to divest some of those dividends and we're able to pay back all of the time that we spent learning something that we can impart to somebody else. So reading is a big thing. I find that people do not read enough. I don't care if you read left, right, or center. You've got to read something more than, 
you know, the obituaries every day. You've got to know what's going on in the world. And you've got, and even, you know, just reading the business section of, of the New York Times, reading uh-huh. the Wall Street Journal, whatever it might be, learning what's going on, being ahead of the curve, staying ahead of the pack. That's the biggest thing. You know, people want to know, well, how am I going to know when, I'm, when, when, when my time is up in this particular business I'm in or in this particular role? I mean, I saw the evolution of the staffing business from the time I started it to the time, you know, I sold it. Big evolution. We can't, whatever we're doing today, it's not the, it's not the end. It's something else is going to be coming after that, and that's why we have to get our asking gear and keep asking, what do I need to do? How do I change every day a little something about myself? Is it learning something new? If I don't know how to use this particular uh, program or tool on, on my computer, you know, force myself to learn something new. If I'm not comfortable going to networking events, forcing myself, putting myself in uncomfortable situations because at the end of the day, that is the only way that we can grow. And that's my it's, tip. Yeah, and, and I just want to comment that to learn every day. Two things. I have one young lady, one of my clients, and um, she got newly promoted. Young, young. And so she knows. And here's the thing. I give her a lot of credit. Her name is Caitlin, but I give her a lot of credit because she realizes that she has a lot to learn and that was in a training, and I had said something about a networking event and who the speaker was, and then I read the person's book, and uh, she said to me, "Con, if you go to a networking event, can, do you mind if I tag along? And I said, no, I think that would be great for you. She goes, I just want to see what you do, and also if you can introduce me to people. I said, absolutely, because if you see someone who does it, and I don't mind networking. I like it. I like meeting people, so I don't get nervous. I just walk in and I'm me. I I only know how to be me, right? So if Mm -hmm. she could pick up to walk in and just have the confidence to be herself, that would be great. So that was the first thing that I was pleased that she felt comfortable to come to me and say, would you mind? So number one for the young folks, don't be afraid to ask because, right, Sue, if somebody asked you, would you be like, absolutely, right? You would would encourage that. Of course, of course. And I hope that when my kids get bigger that they have the confidence to ask and that people will respond as I do, right? you got to pay it forward. So that's the first thing for, for young folks. For my more senior peers like us, Susan, um, who's, you know, in our, our 50s, the other thing, when I have young people and I hear them talking at lunch or whatever about a new app or something they read or a YouTube video, which is usually more than reading, and I'll I'll say I don't mean to over you know listen in on your conversation you know I don't want to eavesdrop but here's the thing can you tell me about that I don't know what that is and tell me the title of that book or what was that YouTube video and I make them teach me about whatever that is because I thought wow that's interesting I knew nothing about that but that sounds current right you kept using the word relevant and mm-hmm. I I make them teach me and that's the other thing when you have young people I love what did you call it reverse mentoring right is that yes, what, what, yes, yeah yes. that reverse mentoring I make people reverse mentor me all the time and they and and Susan I don't you don't know me well enough but nobody says no to me so <laughs> <laughs> these kids are like sure and then they teach me and you know what's cute 
they'll send me links to things that they go, Con, I think this is important for you to know about, or you should use this with your business on the computer for scheduling, whatever it is, and they send me links. So isn't that a beautiful thing when you can engage people and have these partnerships? So that's just another little aside um, for the young kids listening and, and us uh, seasoned old-timers out there. Um, our time is up. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just, I just want to leave you with one quote from Max Dupre, who's a, a famous uh, a business coach. Um, the first responsibility of a leader is to define reality. The last is to say thank you. In between, mm-hmm. the leader is a servant. That's the definition that's the of leadership. Yeah, love it, love it. Yeah, thank you. Two simple words, and we really don't use it enough. So yeah. here's the deal. Um, we're at the end of the show. I will put Susan's. Uh, website, which is www.susanasher.com, and I'm going to spell it as S-U-S-A-N-A-S-C-H-E-R.com, and if you would like to email her directly, same concept, Susan at SusanAsher.com. I'll put both those links on the Web Talk Radio um, platform so that if you guys want to want to connect with Susan, ask a question. Um, also, tell them how to find the books. I really highly recommend both. How do they buy them, Susan? They can buy them on Amazon.com, and you just put the title in, Dude, Seriously, It's Not All About You, or Dude, Seriously, Get Your Ask in Gear, or put my name uh, it might be under my with my middle initial Susan T Asher. Okay. Yeah, I got I got them on Amazon, so I didn't know if you had them offered through your website as well. Um, yeah. Read them, guys. Great, great read. Quick read, fun read. Get a couple. Oh, they of are they are Connie, Connie. They are on the website as well. They can click on there and it takes them right to the link. So that's that's, that's probably okay. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'll put I'll put your website on the platform, and they could connect that way as well. Um, also, if you have stories that you know based on what Susan and I spoke about today, you know I love hearing your stories and what solutions perhaps or how you became a better leader. Please report back. Uh, email me at Connie at WhitmanAssos.com. So it's C O N N I E at and then W H I T M A N A S S oc.com or you could find me through the website www.whitmanassos.com share your stories and i will report back um, on the show as well um thank you again susan for being an awesome guest and uh and engaging and i think we had a fun conversation which i always love because we we really do have to laugh i just think we have to laugh a lot more <laughs> very good thank yeah, you company absolutely. thank you for having me i really enjoyed um, it it was a pleasure my- My pleasure, my pleasure. And everyone, I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that, you know what, it's a heck of a lot easier than we oftentimes think. Thanks again. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much. Have an awesome week. Take some of these tips and implement and start to lead by example, if nothing else. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't change.